0: what's up everyone welcome to through the veil episode number 16 i'm your host alex nelson and today on the podcast i have my friend lucy dawson who is a former yacht chef and now is working on a brand new app and has jumped headfirst into the world of entrepreneurship it's a super super impactful episode i really really love the way lucy expressed her entire story and her entire journey From being essentially unconscious, just kind of bopping through life, to coming to where she is now, where she has a more conscious approach to how her life is going and has a little more intentionality behind it. If you do enjoy this episode, please share it with a friend that you think would find impact on it. And share it out on Instagram if you tag me in the story, at Alexander Diesel, then I'll make sure to share that back as well. Also, as always, if you can drop a review... That helps the podcast grow. So, without any further ado, let's get right into the episode. Sweet. So, welcome to the podcast, Lucy. Thank you for being on. Um, if you can just introduce yourself a little bit and kind of talk about a little bit of what you do and who you are.
1: Cool. Thanks for having me, Alex. Um, my name is Lucy Dawson, and I am human. (laughs) Uh, I'm originally from England, Um, I left England when I was 19 and began an interesting life working on the high seas as a chef in private yachts and that led me to Australia where I've been living for the last 10 years Um, and then the last I guess you know like just the culmination of the last decade with this current new year has led a lot of reflection And I would say probably the last three years have been a huge turning point in my life, big, big time, Um, mainly through plant medicine. And just, um, yeah, like I'm 35 right now, going to be 36 this year. And I guess throughout your time leading up to your 30s and mid 30s, you now have time and a a long enough um, time frame in your adult life to really start to like look back and reflect on oh that wasn't so good or I didn't deal with that (laughs) in the best way or Mm -hmm. all these patterns are keeping um reoccurring on a on a level that I'm not no longer happy with um so yeah when I was 33 I decided to enough was enough um and I went down plant medicine journey Mm -hmm. and it's just been a huge um exponential uh like (laughs) like a huge catapult (laughs) of my consciousness of like um, me not wanting to play small anymore and just, yeah, just change in life direction. So um, I packed up all my things and belongings, sold everything last year and left Australia. And now Mm -hmm. I'm nearly up to a year traveling and living out of a suitcase. And I still don't know where I'm going or what Mm -hmm. my final destination is, but it's becoming clearer as, as the days go by.
0: It's awesome, I'm sure we'll we'll dig in plenty <laughs> to the the plant medicine part of things. um I don't know if you know this, but I work very closely with ah. certain plant medicines um and it's an endless source of interest for me but to to start from the beginning a little bit, I'm curious so what what drew you into being a chef um and working on a ship, and what kind of like puts you in that headspace in the first place? Was that just something you always knew you loved? Or was that something that just sort of he fell into by chance?
1: Total fall into by chance. So um, I don't know how I can go too deep or, or skim my life story, but um, I left school pretty early. I left school at 16. Hmm. My father passed away when I was 15. Hmm. So upon reflection now as an adult, when I can look back and be like, oh shit, I did have a really... You know, tough time in that little like, window of my teenage life. Yeah. And I left school. I wanted just to get the hell out of the little small town where I grew up. And I wanted to be in London because London was like shining, you know, big time lights and like clubbing and all these interesting things that I was really into at the time. And I heard about this industry through a friend, and they were able to save a significant amount of money in a short space of time. So I was like, well, I want to basically have a lump sum of money and then move back to London. But mm-hmm. I left England at 19 to go work on these yachts. And immediately like I was faced with like Caribbean seasons and mm-hmm. um, dock parties and like all this interesting new stuff. And I was right. like, I'm not going back to England. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, and then I just literally fell into it by accident. I, my first role on a yacht was a stewardess, but that became pretty boring to me very quickly. And I was just constantly in the galley, looking at what the chef was creating. And I just kind of went in the deep end and um, started off small, um, on smaller yachts that didn't need like a, a crazy good chef. And I kind of just learned on the on the fly, which I kind of just do generally in life. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my style. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: yeah, and then that led to like 14 year, a 14 year career in it. Um, and now like I do private chefing, which right now I'm kind of transitioning from, of what I've all I've ever known as a, as a chef working with food and service on like a higher end scale of things. And now I'm transitioning into something completely different, but it's just interesting to review a decision that you might've made in your late teens to become a, whatever profession you chose. Mm-hmm. And then you get to your mid thirties and of course you're a completely different person. You have right. different, interests, you have different, the reason why I got into that at that point, at that point of time is, because what, that was what was available to me. And life's changed us so much since the early 2000s. So, yeah, it's just an interesting time to feel like it's okay to now make a career change as well. Yeah. And you know that like, there's so many more parts of your personality that has evolved during that time frame that you can actually explore and nurture. So, yeah, that's where I'm at in my yeah. life and career am <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: my that's awesome i think it it's an endless source of interest to me how pretty much all societies at least all westernized societies um seem to have this push for people to know what the fuck they're going to do with their life at like age 18 and I know. as if you have any conception of who you are at that age but it really is like it sets you down a certain path and you'll go way down it until you hit a certain age where you start to question and go like, okay, I fell into this for pretty arbitrary reasons. Yeah. And is this what I love? Maybe, but for a lot of people, I think it's not. So it's just interesting. Yeah.
1: I felt a lot of pressure. Um, at my school, we had a careers, um, class, And the teacher basically got in front of the t- class and this is when I was 16 mm-hmm. saying, if you don't know what you want to be now, right now, your, your life's going to be a disaster pretty mm-hmm. much. And I, re- I was quite a bolshy um, outspoken student mm-hmm. and I kind of like got up and just told her like, that's ridiculous. Like yeah. we're 16 years old. And I think I got sent out of class for <laughs> standing up for that. Yeah. And you, I just, I would love at some point to do some um, work with youth just because it is such a sensitive time and like kids are so malleable and so affected by just statements like that right. that it's it's so foolish to even think, even the ones that think that they've got their vocation set out and they want to be a nurse or they want to be a teacher or whatever that they wanted to be and they did have it clear at that time, mm-hmm. it changes as well. And I feel like there's a responsibility in education just to be real. And to, like, get up in front of a class instead and say, hey, it's completely normal to not know what the hell you want to do. And to change all the time, too. And to know that you think that adults have got it all, like, um, worked out. No one. (laughs) And I think there's an abuse of power in that as well. Because I just feel like, you know, when you are growing up, and especially when you look at your parents or, like, anyone in authority, and you do have that, like, look of admiration of like oh my god when I'm in my mid-20s I'm gonna have it all set out Mm -hmm. like just can people just wake up and just be like no one knows what they're doing
0: exactly (laughs) especially at that age and I think I think that it's it's crazy how at least in America this is the case but I would imagine it's the same in England that the the school high schools primary schools kind of get based there how good of a school they are on how many kids they send off to college. So they're incentivized to push people into college who maybe like the best thing some, in my opinion, the best thing someone could do is like you finish high school, you finish primary school, you go travel for you. Mm-hmm. You make that work instead of going into debt when you don't necessarily know what it is that you actually want to do, because it's just, you've seen none of the world and this is advice I give coaching clients, but it's like, go shadow the job you want at least and go see it in action. Cause so many of these people are like getting a medical degree without having ever been in an actual hospital. And it's like, okay, do you even know that you want this? Cause now you're $300,000 in debt. And, golden handcuffs like the only job that's going to pay off $300,000 of debt is being a doctor so now you're stuck doing that for the next 20 years and you've no other options it's just yeah. it's craziness and you wish people could have some of what you're talking about which is just that guiding hand to go like, it's okay to not know what you want to do yet and let's explore the five things you think you're interested in over the course of the next 2 years after co- after uh, primary school and see and then once you know then go back to college
1: yeah exactly yeah there's not enough support I don't think so, yeah, I would be totally down for that. If I'd had that advice, I, I would have, well, I kind of look back because I'm like, what would I have done if I hadn't have done that? And it's kind of futile to kind of do that. But it's interesting because, you know, there are so many, we're not just one trick ponies. Like our personalities have many interests and talents. And it's like, you know, you you groove into one particular one, which shapes out to be your career. And sometimes you neglect the other parts of you that would love to be flourishing and and doing things that maybe you do in your hobby or your spare time or whatever. But um, yeah, it's interesting to see if another another part of you had taken the lead role instead of the one that you chose.
0: Yeah, no doubt. So let's fast forward a little bit. So you're 14-ish years into a career, Mm -hmm. chefing. And what is the catalyst for the wake up moment of like, hmm. I'm not sure I want to do this anymore and what kind of led you down the path of plant medicine because there's usually I find there's usually like a kickoff moment where it's like things are falling apart plant medicine
1: (laughs) okay um so just to bullet point it I um had been in a big breakup um I was dissolving the property that I own with my ex and I was left financially not in the in the like in the lion's share portion mm. of it so i decided to go back onto the yachts full time and to work a year on my yachts to get it was almost like to get revenge back on myself to be like i'm gonna get back on the property ladder and i'm gonna show everybody that i can do this and save that money and da it up so i did that despite of my not really wanting to live that lifestyle anymore um it felt like i was having good jobs and good fun but at the same time i was doing it in spite of my own personal needs like mm. it's not a particularly it's a great thing to do when you're in your early 20s but as you get older you know like you like your own comforts and sleeping on your bed, and having a captain tell you what to do all the time it's just it doesn't align with my personal needs anymore so i went away for a year and i became pretty sick i um established like really bad digestive problems and I went to all sorts of naturopaths and um the whole time pretty much I was not saving much money because I was spending it on all these different medications and trying to you know um make my mood happier by going off on weekends wherever I was I was in New Zealand so I went you know I went to Queenstown or I went and treated myself to nice hotels just to get off the boat and just to have mm-hmm. some space, which was not doing anything from my bank account, which was the whole point of me going away. And then I did that for nearly a year and um, didn't save as much money as I hoped. And then I got back to Australia. And as soon as I got back to Oz, I contracted a um, mosquito-borne viral. Mm. Uh, disease called uh, Ross River fever okay. and it's called breaking bones disease. It's, it's gnarly. So I like yeah. woke up one morning and I couldn't move my foot and it manifests as um, rheumatoid arthritis. Mm. So I was in, I didn't, we couldn't actually um, diagnose it for weeks. I had, had blood tests and I couldn't walk for three weeks and I was out of work for three months. So it was like a divine handbrake Hmm. that just halted me. And um, during this whole thing as well, there was a few romances that I was um, trying to embark on. And then I was being faced at that point. I had enough awareness to realize that, you know, the people that you're attracting to your life are mirrors. And then through this awareness, I was like, well, why are my mirrors uh like
0: all dirty <laughs> and they suck crazy
1: guys that like you know maybe have most of them had addiction problems mm-hmm. uh had that like, kind of narcissistic tendencies and i always felt like going into like a love affair it would be like i'm the one i can see their potential i just mm-hmm. want to help mm-hmm. them. um you know like i i can you know really help them on their way because i see the potential it's so egotistical to look mm-hmm. back on thinking that i could change someone as well but it was just a big wake up call for me um just to See myself um, as, you know, the mirrors of the guys that I was attracting, plus the illness that I was um, experiencing. Because I, I realized as well that I had attracted this into my personal reality too. And I started reading one of the books that was a huge um, eye opener for me was uh, When the Body Says No by Gabor Mate. Mm-hmm. Really good book, and that kind of made me scrutinize a bit more about my personal family history too, because my mother. Um, she 's manic depressive um, my father he had huge mental problems. He tried to commit suicide when I was ten and then eventually died very shortly after when I was mm. fifteen and I kind of saw I kind of was able to look at my family history with more of a observer point of view and to mm. see the patterns that my parents had created and then to overview that with my patterns in my life and I just was like this is This is it. Like I need to make some really um, strong changes and I need to move forward with my life. If I want to have healthy relationships with men, if I want to have a healthy relationship with myself, I've got to do some deep healing. Um, And I was aware of ayahuasca. Um, previous to that, but then that 's when I got the really, really big calling, and that 's when mm-hmm. I got into Aubrey Marcus as yeah. well, mm-hmm. so I started listening to Aubrey Marcus podcast and like anything I could get my hands on
0: right. to hear she, about I <laughs> yeah,
1: so I was like voraciously it was kind of like sh- chef when i got when I recovered from the um, um, the mosquito thing, I was in the kitchen um working a lot, and the best thing about like reaching a level of mastery in your field is like you don 't have to concentrate much anymore. Mm-hmm. So I'm like the podcast and, yep. and I was just like literally spending like, you know, eight hours a day just like going through um, audio books and podcasts and just like eating up all the information that I could possibly get my hands on. And yeah. And I was um, led to make a plan to go to Peru. Mm-hmm. Everything just lined up. Like I had a friend who the only friend that I knew that had done ayahuasca, I got in contact with her and she was like, "Luce, if you're going, uh, you're coming with me and you're coming mm-hmm. with my department. So I had everything like completely lined up and the yeah. door was just opening. And I was like, okay, this is, this is where I'm headed. So,
0: That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, there's a ton of parallels there that I'll touch on. But yeah. it's, it's funny how, so when I was 21, 22, I was working a job where I was making the most money I'd ever made in my life and as a job I'd con- kind of fallen into. Um, but it's interesting how our patterning, if it's a job we really hate that's causing us so and not even hate it's that's a strong word but a a job that is causing us a lot of emotional distress and a lot of disease um how even if you're making the most money you've ever made in your life I had the same problem I was like I'm not saving any of it like what the fuck because every time I had a free moment off it's like let's go party let's go do whatever so I can ease this pain that I'm feeling at the job um and it's, it's one of the greater myths that our society tells us is like, make more money, be better at your job. You'll be happier. And it's like, mm, not necessarily, you'll just spend more money on random bullshit. And it might make you happy for five minutes, but it's not going to actually make you happy, happy. Uh, so it's just a funny parallel there. Cause I was trying to do the same thing It's like I am going to save this money and then I'm going to have the money saved and I'm going to launch off. I'm doing what I need to do. And it just didn't pan out that way. That could. <laughs> exactly. Like, great. Now I have a ton of money to party and I have all these friends who, are friends with me because i'll buy the shots at the bar versus Mm -hmm. real depth friendships um and then moving it to ayahuasca it's funny how the (laughs) so at that time when i was 21 22 i had heard the call to go to ayahuasca and i was just voraciously consuming content just everything i could listen to about it everything i could hear but i didn't didn't pull the trigger until i was 27. because I just told myself every single story in the book of why I shouldn't go, or it wasn't the time, or I wasn't ready, blah, blah, blah. But it's like once I finally heated the call, then everything, similar to you, just kind of aligned immediately. And I found a place that was actually in the US, and oh my gosh, it's easier to get to, and just like all of these things just aligned for it mm-hmm. to come together. And I was like, oh, wow. And then, of course, the major shift that happens once you go in is indescribable in and of itself. Um, But I guess what kind of after, so you went in, you went to Peru with your friend. Tell me a bit about that experience, kind of what you're feeling leading up to it, because I think that's useful for people, as well as how you felt during and after.
1: Okay, wow. Um, So, yeah, obviously, when you go into any plant medicine for the first time, there's so much trepidation, nervousness, unsurety you fa- you gotta tell your family the crazy thing that you're doing, especially if they're not that way inclined. Like I, luckily, I don't know if it's a mix of just my family thinking that I'm like I've got I've got this because I do mm. crazy adventures all the time. But um, they are very understanding of me. Mm. But I was like, really? You're letting mm-hmm. me do this. <laughs> um, so I went yeah, I went to England first to see my family and tried to explain what I was up to. And then I flew to Lima and was staying with a very good friend there. And then I met my friend Veronica and then we traveled to the jungle. And we went to um, Pocallpa and then we traveled down Amazon for a couple of hours on various different longboats to get to this little homestay, I guess, in, this, in the village of the Shipibo people. Mm. It was a culture shock to say the least. I mean, you're living in the jungle um, as the indigenous people do. And, you know, there's um, very little um, and, anything in the way of modern s- sanitary um, equipment or um, services. Like the toilet was a mosquito um, party. Mm-hmm. Like I went there and I was like, I don't want to go to the toilet yeah this is I'm, I'm already scared of mosquitoes as it is mm-hmm. but, um so it was it took a few days to adjust and also like you're about to go into not just a new world in terms of traveling on this space and dimension but you're about to travel you know interdimensionally as well so it was an interesting um first experience because i went excuse my french balls deep in mm-hmm. all areas like i just went for it so the first night that we got there, they were doing a ceremony and, um, we went into the Maloka and the ceremony took place. And I did five all up in the eight days that I was there. Um, the first one being very much like a introduction, the medicine introduced herself. It was kind of like a plural. She was like, Oh, yeah. wow. Who we
0: are <laughs>
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, it was like, if you want to do some healing, we'll we'll be happy to help, but you've got to commit to it too kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, and it was, it was a beautiful experience. Um, the second time was more um, me just kind of watching the crazy visuals and almost getting impatient with it because I was like, um, this is great, but I'm not really getting much healing from it. And right. then Ayahuasca tapped in and said, this is your imagination mm-hmm. and it's fun. Right. <laughs> kind of mm-hmm. like go- yeah, goading me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, and then the third one was the <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I like um, literally said goodbye to me, myself. I thought mm-hmm. I was gonna die. I ran out of the Maloka because I didn't want to die in the Maloka.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: then when I ran outside, it was too scary, so I ran inside. <laughs> to die. And yeah. I literally thought I was gonna die. Mm-hmm. It was re- it was a very traumatic experience for me. But ultimately, as I look back on it, it was ayahuasca teaching me. That I had to yeah, I had to relinquish who I thought I was and um move forward into a new version of myself and and I had to be prepared to die and um that sounds pretty dramatic to people that haven't been there or experienced it um, but it was real um and I did get back on i I had some big truths and realizations to understand that when you do ayahuasca, you are meeting an entity and you're meeting something that has that's um it's cognizant it has it has its own personality and i Mm. felt previous my two previous um ceremonies to that i was almost in a gallery looking at all the art and all the pretty Mm. pictures and the lights and the colors and the artist was actually right behind me but i never actually took the time to turn around and talk to the artist i was Mm. just viewing the paintings and so it was explained to me um, from another person that was in the community to, you know, like, were you, have you been um, communicating with Aya? And I was mm. like, what do you mean? I, d- I didn't have the concept of knowing that ayahuasca needs to be talked to and right. engaged with. You can ask and, questions. Yeah, you can ask questions. I didn't have that consciousness. And so the next time that I sat with her, I prayed and I was like, because I was so scared after that um, mm. third ceremony that i kind of got down on my hunches and i was like please i just i'm here to heal please Mm. just help me i'm just here to heal and funnily enough that fourth ceremony i had no visuals um at all and i just felt like a big hug of you know Mm. i'm sorry but i scared you it's gonna be okay you're gonna get healed and then the fifth one whilst i was still in um peru my last um, ceremony was amazing. It was like a question and answer session with the Cosmo mm. and I could ask anything and really like leaving um, Peru and then going back to my normal life in uh, Australia, it was very clear to me that the medicine was working way beyond the actual ceremonies. And that was where the magic was really happening. Cause mm. I caught myself in certain situations, acting in a different way or responding completely differently to how the old Lucy would have. Um, and I was like, wow, this, this is interesting. It's working. And mm-hmm. I could really feel, yeah, like my whole vibration had changed and I was attracting different things into my life and I could, I could see a huge change.
0: Yeah. It's a, it's such an amazing compound plant medicine, whatever you want to call it. Cause it, it, I had a similar experience to you where the first night I was in it, it was really a a soothing, like, welcome, welcome to this place. And then the second night was like, here you fucking are. Um, And just the, the endlessness of it, but the feeling of it being for a purpose. And it's interesting that you had the experience of like, I think I'm dying and I think,
2: It's such a,
0: it's such an important experience for people to have because it is, it's like if you're going to worship at the altar of your best self of who you can truly be, you are going to have to kill off parts of yourself. Mm. The parts of yourself that don't want the best for you, the parts of yourself that are running all this trauma programming that are running all this stuff in the background that's keeping you from who you could be. Yeah. Those have to die. And that's the experience you get on a psychedelic. It's like, oh, I feel like I'm dying. And it's like afterwards, like, oh, a part of me died. And then you go back home and you're like, I feel different. It's like, yeah, well, you left that part behind. <laughs> it's gone. Now you can repattern it and come back in. And if you go back home and start doing the same thing with the same friends, it'll go away, but you get an opportunity. It's almost like the slate gets wiped clean and you come home like, all right, now I can re-pattern and I can do new things. be excited about what's going forward so what did you find like so I found for me after my first set of three ayahuasca ceremonies that I had had some difficulty just with integration um simply because I didn't have enough people in my community who had done it to relate to so I felt really I felt kind of isolated like I was on this island of like uh, you guys, there's some shit that is like just behind the curtain that you haven't seen and it's wild, <laughs> but I didn't really have anyone to talk to about it. So I felt kind of isolated and that it was a good, it was good in a way because it like, allowed me a lot of time for introspection, but it definitely, I felt a little bit just like cut off from the world. because uh, Anyone else experience this? So, kind of, what was your experience coming back to normal life and how did it shift you moving forward?
1: Yeah, I totally feel you on the isolation part of it because it's almost like you if you imagine your life like a jigsaw puzzle and you go away one shape you you take yourself out of the puzzle and you're Mm. one version of yourself and then you come you do some serious major work on yourself and you try and put yourself back into that puzzle which is your life and you no longer fit in the same in the same parts of you and it's really uncomfortable and it can be that's why integration is so important after the ceremonies, because you have to go through this icky stage and it might even manifest in going way deeper into your unconscious patterns than you had previously. Like at some points I found myself drinking, going back into my, Mm -hmm. into my shadow self and parts of me like drinking or smoking weed or being, you know, gossiping just any any parts of myself that i knew and deemed that i wanted to let go of Mm
2: -hmm. but
1: almost that they came back with a vengeance and i had to like wear them with like it was just so uncomfortable for a few weeks of just being like oh no this is not me but i had to like go back there and really go through that again with the new clarity and um knowledge and understanding that that was not me or part Mm -hmm. of me anymore so yes it's tough and it's icky but um I the that year when I got back to um, Australia in 2018, I now knew that I had a lot more in me. So that's when I started my own business and um, I just started, I just realized that I'd been playing small for a very long time and mm-hmm. certain things kept on um, arriving in my life by, you know, like a the, I had like um, a, a client that I was cooking for, who um, I got close with and he saw, um, he asked me about my private life and why, you know, what my story was and I I didn't ever really want to talk about my um, past relationship because it was still kind of like a, a sore subject with the mm-hmm. house. But this man was like, Lucy, um, did you not get legal advice when you were going through this? And I was like, no, I didn't have, you yep. know, I didn't have money. And he was like, well, you know, my son's one of the best family law lawyers in Australia let me let me have a look at it for you Mm. and lo and behold I had a case and so I was able to um take legal action against my ex and it uh, miraculously I got a big payout from it just huge huge things Mm happening it was almost was tapping into something that I'd never known before because my my frequency had had um risen and I was like I got into meditation. I started really understanding more about energy and how it had changed since I had come back from the jungle Mm. and just, yeah, just experiences and opportunities were opening themselves up to me that hadn't previously been been there or maybe they had, but I hadn't been able to clock into them. And it was a really empowering year 2018 for me to understand my own power Mm. and to to recognize that we are we all have it in us, and it's just about turning within and just giving it space to grow mm. and and to make manifest and it was an amazing year to just to come back after the contrast of where I'd been the previous year with my illness and then the healing that I'd done in um, Peru and then the year of me taking control of my own um, self power was just mm. like it was amazing
0: yeah hell yeah it, it's I guess to, to parse things down for the audience for a second, because I think what I've experienced and people I've talked to, especially when we're talking like plant medicine and like, oh, I raised my vibration after that. A lot of people have trouble grasping that concept if they haven't been to that place yet. But one thing I always refer to people is just like, it can be as simple as, because you unpacked some of your traumas, mm-hmm. you were then willing and open to having a conversation and that conversation that led to this settlement that yeah. led forward. So it's like, even just on a purely like physical level, these are some of the shifts that can happen. Cause it's like, Oh, if you're not walking around with your, your hood of your trauma over your eyes and you can't see, you take that off and you're, you're actually like head up hard out looking at all the opportunities that might be around you. And you start to get that abundance mentality of like, yes, I can, I can do this next thing. I can do this next next business i can try this next idea and i deserve to try it yeah i
1: love that alex that's such, such a good analogy it, yeah it's like um it's it's purely just opening your heart and mm-hmm. from that deeper level for anyone to understand it's yeah we have our heart gets closed off or we build little barriers around it because we don't want to get hurt again but i feel the more that we do any self-work whether it be through breath work exercise or anything that's not on the on the more adventurous scale of you know plant medicine. like it's all about just self-love and just knowing that we do have far more power within us than we could possibly imagine and it's just self-love
0: yeah it really is and there's just so much all of us leave a lot on the table all the time and it's almost always because of it's because of programs that we were handed to us by life whether it's through abuse as a kid whether it's through a bad relationship and a bad breakup but it's our job one thing i often say so i i survived through a sexual assault at one point in my life and one thing i tell people that i talk to that have had a similar experience is it's not that it's your fault that this happened but it is now your job and only your job to unpack that, to heal it, and to then move forward and look at that experience as how did this grow me?
2: Because
0: mm. if you can't do that, you're always gonna be trapped in the blame mode of like, I can't believe this happened to me. And you're gonna start to view the world as just like a scary, negative place. And I was there for a long time. Was one of the big reasons why I was drinking so much. I'm like, yeah, I'll just drink this away. If I'm drunk, I don't have to think about it. Yeah. You know, you come to the other side of it and you're like, oh. <laughs> Well, this happened in part because I was hammered, if I had been more sober, it might not have happened and how can I move this into a mindset of empowerment for me moving forward? Um, and so many of these modalities can be helpful. meditation, just giving the self awareness, breath work, allowing you to see that like just through the power of breathing, you can access this totally different mind state and be like oh shit that's that's there at all times like." What else have I not been aware of that I can shift into in terms of the way my brain works? Yeah. And also
1: just recognize that it's a process. And like, you're, you know, I needed a few years of something, you know, like the house thing with my ex was a big mm. catalyst for my growth. But I needed a year or two to be in that. Um, rebellious, destructive mode to be able to get to the other side of the healing. Mm. So in 2015 and 2016, they they weren't. I wouldn't say they're my best years, but I had to go through those years to be able to to recognize. Oh, I I had to go to the darkness to mm-hmm. then be able to have that contrast to be like, I need some more light in my life, and I don't want to live like this yeah. anymore. And we had. It's just part of this hero's journey that you know we're aware of. Um, mm but maybe you'd like to touch on that um, for your listeners. But yeah. it's just interesting just to know that we have to go to the darkness and it's okay. And to be compassionate with ourselves when we're going through that hard time, just to know that it is part of the story of the holistic healing, but we will eventually come to, to be able to recognize that it was part of the process, you know?
0: Absolutely. And I, on the point of the hero's journey too, it's like, we don't, or we wouldn't rather there'd be nothing more boring than watching a movie where the protagonist just had it all together the whole way through the fucking movie and like nothing was wrong. And it's the same with our lives. Like if you were born and everything was handed to you and you were already the perfect person, I wouldn't listen to you. (laughs) I'd be like, uh, yeah, Lucy has everything together and she always has. So she can't relate to me. So I'm not going to listen to her. Like, Exactly. It's in the shadow and the confrontation of the shadow, which is such an essential part of the hero's journey because you can't really be a hero unless you have that opportunity to confront the shadow. If you don't have that opportunity, it's not heroic. You're just existing, which good for you. I'm sure a couple people get that roll of the dice occasionally, but it's very rare. So it's to to reframe it and to look at it as this is an opportunity for growth and how can I become the best version of myself through this difficult period of time. So I can come out the other side and I can help people. I can shine that light and go like, Hey, here's what I went through. Like, I know it seems all gravy for me now, but I went through some dark shit too. So if you're going through it, know that there's another side to it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well so part of the same story, isn't
0: it? Exactly. And I, I found it, you, you touched on the fact that after you came back from Aya, you sort of had this, this uh tip back into the dark for a little bit and one thing i find just endlessly intriguing is how people it's almost as if once you've been woken up by a deep meditation session or a plant medicine it's gonna take twice as much of whatever you were previously numbing with to get mm-hmm. you numb because now you're aware you're like oh shit okay there's more beyond so it's like now i If I'm going to go back to drinking, I need to really go back to drinking because you can't just like, it's not going to be a one-to-one anymore. You're not going to be able to do the same you're doing before because now you're aware of your problems and it makes it, it's not impossible, but it makes it a lot harder to slip back into those old patterns because you just have to, you really have to go above and beyond in your numbing behaviors to ignore the fact that like you can fix stuff in your own life.
1: Yeah. It's almost like you go back into autopilot. So you you're you know, you're hanging out with the same friends, you're doing the same recreational um things, you know, like going down the pub or you know, like whatever I was doing, it just felt weird. So, you know, mm-hmm. like you know, pouring a drink and having that drink in your hand, and while you're drinking it, you're like drinking it I'm like, all oh,
2: right,
1: mm-hmm. uh, this doesn't really feel like but I'm gonna have another one because this one didn't work. that's mm-hmm. exactly what you said. It's just like and then you wake up and you feel crap and you're just like, why did I even do that last night? And it's with double the amount of knowledge. So mm. you're like, this is weird. And it takes a while. You kind of know on an inherent deeper level that the reason why it doesn't feel that good is because it's not that good for you. And now you mm. have that acknowledgement and knowing, but it still takes a few months. It could take years. I mean, I still, I had last night, I had a few whiskeys cause I got mm. given a bottle of whiskey and it was nice. But like now, if I drink, it's interesting. I my drinking now consists of having two whiskies and being like, "Oh,
2: like
1: I <laughs> had two whiskies last mm-hmm. night." Whereas like old Lucy, it's just interesting to see like the the differences by mm-hmm. like kind of giving yourself a timeline of like five years ago. If I got given a bottle of whiskey, the whiskey bottle wouldn't be around this morning
2: exactly and
1: just know that every time that you you are always growing and changing regardless if you're conscious of it or not and it's just giving your space to time space and time and compassion to like allow yourself to make mistakes and allow yourself to have those moments of going well i know this isn't good for me but i want another one and i am mm. just um, wear it you know whatever and yeah way too it's just, like we're we're in constant flow and we're moving and changing and in five years time i'll probably look back to who i am right now and be like oh, i'm so glad that she didn't care too much but she only had two and maybe i will maybe in five years time i w- wouldn't have the whiskey or maybe i will be but i don't care i'm just at this point of like self-acceptance right now that i'm willing to willing to like just be how I feel in the moment, and that's okay with me.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful awareness that you've come to. I like to call it summoning the demon versus being possessed by the demon. So summoning the demon is, hey, two weeks from now, I have an event that's going on that I'm really excited about. I'm going to have some drinks there. hmm That's summoning demon. I'm planning ahead. I'm like setting ahead of time. Like this is conscious. I'm opting into this. It's okay if I get drunk there. Like it's not like I'm never gonna drink again. But getting possessed by the demon is when I'd have one drink. I'd tell myself the story. Like, I'm gonna have one drink tonight. And then 10 drinks later, I'm like, whoa! (laughs) It's like the unconscious expression of it, where I'm just like, Oh, how can I get as unconscious as possible? How can I get literally to the lowest level I can so I don't have to think about all the things that are scaring me yeah. versus celebratory like hey I've worked really hard I deserve this it's not like alcohol is the devil it's just the expression that people usually use with it yeah
2: totally.
0: often it could be bad so I guess where what is the things that you are working on now that you're kind of getting the most excited about and what are some of the things you're moving towards now that you've started to craft some of this awareness and you've started to build within yourself some of this idea of who you really are under some of the layers that have been placed on you. What are the things you're like, this is the next thing I'm working on?
1: Hmm. Well during my kind of transition when I moved away from yachts but was still cooking, I worked at a um a luxury drug rehab retreat as a private chef. Hmm. And that was from 2014 till 2018. And that was a really cool um, expression of um, getting to know who else I was apart from just a chef. Because I was working with people that were going through a really crazy Mm -hmm. time in their lives, uh, meeting you know their addictions and their demons. And I realized that I have more in my character than just cooking food. And I really loved watching that part of me grow. And and that was part of my healing journey too, because I was in that kind of that space, helping others with my food and just being of support to them. I understood that that was part of my own healing journey. And so I'm kind of moving out of cooking and moving more towards healing and empowering people and knowing that, um, just allowing it to, um, help people, um, find their own power. And at the moment I am developing an app. I don't know if I've told you about this mm, yeah. I'm developing an app, um, based on visualization and manifestation. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm really inspired and just so amped up and I have more passion. It, like it just, it just it makes me alive and it just invigorates me to even feel, feel into this, that I'm doing this. And I feel crazy. Like I'm spend, spending all my savings. I'm like going, I'm committing to it full, fully, but I just mm-hmm. have this deeper knowing that this is my path and this is my dharma in life and um yeah so this is what i'm doing now so my app will be well it's it's processing right now like we're building it i've attracted a team now of like five people and it's actually happening it's not just me and my crazy idea yeah. like it's being built and it'll be um released to a select amount of people to get some feedback and then we're going to go on the exciting um time to release it to investors and um all sorts of craziness so i've just found i've become an entrepreneur somehow Mm
0: -hmm. fallen into it
1: (laughs) yeah it's crazy but um i just feel like that's my path now and that's what i'm doing and it's like gone past the point of no return like i don't i've done a few chefing jobs in the last year and i'm like doing it but it just feels so uncomfortable i'm like this isn't me or who i who i want to represent Mm -hmm. myself as anymore and i just know that this new, my idea is, and concept is going to help thousands of people. And that's what where I really want to um, put my energy into.
0: Beautiful. Your, your excitement seeps through. I'm getting excited just thinking about <laughs> it. You're just like, yeah.
1: Like, yes.
0: <laughs> it is. Uh, and I think it's important to, to just a, a reframe I try to give myself very often, as I've also taken the leap into self-employment slash entrepreneurship is that I will always, I have the skills that I have, and I will always be able to make money with them. Mm -hmm. So it's not as if by spending your savings and working really hard on this app, Mm. you're like, fucked. Like, that's not the case. If you had to go back to chefing for a while, you could, it would be painful, I'm sure, but you would survive. So it's just like, I always try to reframe for myself just how serious things are. Cause sometimes I get, when I'm playing small, it's like, Oh, everything's gonna fall apart and then I won't have any money and then I'll die. And it's like uh uh it's not how it's gonna go. Yeah. But when you actually acknowledge that to yourself, like, oh I still have my skills. I can still go back to these other things if I need to, but I don't wanna I don't wanna be laying in my deathbed going, man, I can't believe I never tried to do the thing that I wish I had tried to do.
1: So. Yeah. And it's like being like kind of going back to what we were talking about when you're deciding what you want to do, um, when you're a kid, like that never stops. And like this app, I hope will give people a little bit more, um, of a platform to be able to be like, well, what do I want in my life? How am I going to manifest this? How am I going to, how am I going to make it clear? Cause I feel like many people are just even too scared to elect what they truly desire in their life mm. because they have put barriers around their heart because they're like, what's the point of really going for what I want because mm you know, their conditioning or self-limiting beliefs have deemed like, you know, it's it's easier to to pretend that you don't want what you truly want because it might not happen. Mm-hmm. And I want to like, I want to abolish that and I want to give people right, you know, I want to give people the license and the excitement to be able to create the life that they want Um just to be clear of their, des- their true desires. And I think yeah. that's like, if, if we're honest with ourselves about what we truly want, then that just um, emanates our whole being and allows us to have firmer friendships and more real connections with people because we are being true to ourselves. And I think that's like one of the most important aspects of being human.
0: Absolutely. That, that truth piece is, I believe, the most critical piece of anything anyone can do for themselves, I've noticed for myself. The more I speak truth, the best I can, the best I know how in the moment, because obviously it's an evolving process. Like you're not gonna be able to tell the hardest truth you have to tell right off the bat. But the more I speak truth, the more I attract people into my life, and you can even look at it as like a filter. Like it filters out the people who are not ready to deal with truth and it filters in the people who are ready to deal with truth and who are vibrating at that higher level. And opportunities just manifest themselves out of nowhere. But it's yeah. because I'm being honest and I'm going, hey, here's what I'd like to do. And then people will naturally be attracted to that, naturally go like, that's fucking awesome. How can I be a part of it? And it's like, mm-hmm. you don't get that opportunity if you don't tell the truth about what you want. And to just, to give people the, the way I kind of look at it internally is like discovering what you're supposed to do is almost like you're an archeologist. And it's like, you don't just immediately see the whole dinosaur all at once. Yeah. You dust off a little piece over here and like, oh, I really like helping people. Mm -hmm. You dust off another little piece over here and you're like, oh, and I like it to be related for me, related to plant medicine. Yeah, And then you dust off a piece over here and you're like, oh, and I like it to be with travel involved. And all of a sudden it develops over time into you seeing the whole picture Like, oh, there it is. But when people give themselves the permission to start to go for stuff, that's how you uncover these pieces of yourself is you have to run towards something first if you're just stuck stagnant, not moving at all, you're not gonna discover what you like and don't like because you're just playing small. It's just like this yeah. job's good enough
1: totally and also then you might be surrounded by other people that are doing the same too so I mean you kind' mm-hmm. of just sit back in your little chair, no one's happy, no one's really being genuine, and you're not growing and you probably will, you know, behave in a, in ways that you're not happy with about yourself either. And that's most of how people, most of, you know, how people operate. Hmm. And it's just that brave little difference that you're going to change in your life by going, Oh, I'm not going to drink tonight. Or I'm going to get up tomorrow and do a sunrise meditation and hmm. find the other person be like, I'll do that with you. And hmm. then, you know, like then you're creating just opportunities for other people to be real with you too. And then that creates deeper connections and um, more opportunities for other beautiful things to manifest in your life too. It's just, it's hard though, Alex, to, to take that parts of yourself because I was a party animal for all of my twenties. And that's how my coping mechanism was, you know, like from the age of 15, after my dad passed away, I was going clubbing in London, taking Molly every weekend. I was the like epitome of a party girl. And to Mm -hmm. me, let go of that part of my identity has been really challenging because who am I if I'm not party girl Lucy? And everyone identified like leaving Australia last year was challenging for me, well, in many ways, but also, you know, for about six months there at the, um, as I touched on by by saying that, you know, I was going back into my old ways and drinking Mm -hmm trying to be the person that many of the, my community identified themselves with it was hard for them because they were like what are you doing Lucy you're going home mm-hmm. what
2: mm-hmm.
1: i gonna go up and meditate or and like my flatmates it was really difficult it was okay. like I felt so weird I didn't know who I was and I felt like half of me was like wow Lucy you're feeling like so much more connected and I was like meditating and I felt like I was running towards something really beautiful, which I was, which was, you know, like a, a stronger relationship with myself. Hmm. But at the same time, I was isolating myself with the world that I'd created around me. And that's why I had to leave. Um, and that's not to say that everyone's going to have to leave, like do something as drastic right. as like leave the town that they're living. But for me, it was really important for, for my self-development to really step into my own new power of who I really was. And, um, yeah, that's just been really such a gift because now I, Mm. I I can just be me and I don't have the other constraints of the world that was around me who, you know, I will go back to Australia at some point and people have seen my journey, I guess, on social media over the year and just, they will know that, you know, I am a different person now and that's, I'm still me though, you know? Mm -hmm it's just it's brought about different aspects of me that have been been able to cultivate and to grow and i'm so happy i'm the happiest i've ever been yeah really chilling in
0: it is it's such an important acknowledgement um that you just made and i think that the crux of it is when you're what you did when you went back home was you were trying to take away all of the old systems you had used to validate yourself And that's what it was for me too when I was quitting drinking because I constructed like I'm the fun guy. I get girls. I always know where the best party is. So it's like, okay, I'm taking away that validation system. That's how I defined myself up to this point. Ouch. Okay. What's left? (laughs) Especially if you've been doing it for a long time, it's like, damn, not much. Okay. I got to build something new. But then the the bravery and the beauty of us living in the age where the internet exists is to then go find the new group that is going to pull you up at the same time. It's not to say like, oh, never hang out with your old friends again. But it is to say like, it's going to be a lot harder if you're just with the same people who are doing the same things. And it can be as simple as just like, go sign up for a yoga class and just go to it every week, twice a week, and just be around people that are doing yoga go to a meditation class, whatever it might be, who can give you some new people who are going to start to validate you off of a different metric. Mm -hmm. And like the end goal is like, I don't need any validation, but that's not a, it's not an actionable strategy for someone who's right at the start of this. Like, yeah, yeah, just do whatever you want. It's like, that's gonna be tough for most people. So it's like, reset your metrics and go like, oh man, the people in my meditation class love seeing me every week there. So now. I'm encouraged to go to that instead of go out drinking to get my self worth filled up. And that's been one of the beautiful parts of this last year for me, just in the fit for service container, has been having so many people that I respect and who are doing such badass things, and coming in, all of us coming into it without any baggage. Like, none of us have perception of each other at all until we came into here. So it's like every one of us had the opportunity to rebuild who we were all year long and it just was fucking massively empowering for me because I'm like in my head I'd always had this this idea of like yeah I'm pretty good at some of the things I do but maybe that's just because I'm playing small and then like step into this group like oh I'm still pretty good at the things I'm good at oh okay maybe I'm I've got more going for me than I thought like it's just an, it's such a simple idea but it's such a massively empowering idea and it was just because I'm around other people who are encouraging and doing cool shit and It makes me want to level up.
1: Mm, It's so inspiring. And so, because if you, if we are all mirrors to one another, to be part of a community where you can really admire people for stepping out and doing, truly being who they really are, of course it gives you that license to do the same. And I would never, like even a year ago, if you were to say to me, you're going to be talking on a podcast, Lucy. I don't have the confidence to even even leave a voicemail message mm-hmm. like I'm serious mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's just like amazing to see you know like and just like being more um expressive on social media as well mm. like I, I look back um just at my comments and like how I would caption things on social media I would just be like hey this is a cute photo of me right. <laughs> like whatever and it was like happy new year right. it was just a bit like Blair, you know, Mm -hmm. I wasn't, I wanted to say something a bit more profound, but I didn't have a voice to. So having been part of this group and not really giving a flying, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever. Now I'm like, I I can say, I have a voice. I have, I want to express myself. I know who I am. And I want to, I want to inspire people and I want to help people. And this is who I am now. I'm not afraid to say it. And like just being part of this um, group and just all the self, work i've done or the books i've read or podcasts like it's all culminated into a much better version of me um and just one that you know is is just yeah gro- it's constantly growing but it's i can see a difference from me mm-hmm. from that from today to from a year ago and i'm excited for the future of what the next couple of years will hold for me because right now i'm my life is a complete blank canvas alex i mm-hmm. I'm living out the suitcase. Um, I am leaving Colorado tomorrow and I'm going to LA and I have no idea how long I'm going to be there. What's going to (laughs) happen? Like I've never been so out of my safety net, but I've never been so happy. So it's just like an interesting point in my life right now today, just to know like, okay, in six months time, I have no idea where I'm going to be or who Mm -hmm. I'm going to be with, but I feel like from the way that I'm feeling right now, it's going to be,
0: it. Fuck yeah, it is. I can feel it radiating off of you, <laughs> like the joy. It's almost, it It reminds me of something I think of often when I'm journaling, which is like, I don't know, when I was like six, let's say I had this childlike, but not childish excitement yeah. about things. Like I'd be like, look, I made mud. And <laughs> I'm like fucking jazzed up about it. Like it's the best thing I've ever done. Yeah. And my parents be like, well <laughs> Great. Why is it in the house? But to to be at a place like it sounds where you're at, where it's like you can start to have that joy and that excitement again about just everything mm-hmm. and just whatever you do that you'll just be like, This I know this is what I wanted to work on. And therefore I'm just like, Yes, look at what I made. It's yeah. such a empowering place, and it's not even It's not an egotistical of like, oh, look how cool the thing I did is. It's like, I'm excited to share this because this is what brought me so much joy. It's just Mm. a, it's a beautiful place to be.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because I guess when you're on this, like, when you're on a healing journey, and you can have that time to look back at the version of yourself a few years ago before you entered it, and you've seen the amount you've grown, and the scene, and you've seen the friends that you've made since, or what you've been able to achieve on a personal level and in all in all ways shapes and forms you just have yeah you get jazzed up because you're like oh my god <laughs> come over here it's amazing <laughs> and you want people to experience what you've um you've experienced and i feel like the joy you know like what i was saying before of me allow, being able to express myself now like mm. i hope that in being able to express myself and people can see a difference of how i am being on social media or just the, the choice life choices I've made. I do hope that other people can see like, wow, what is Lucy up to? Like she's mm. she, like she's changed. Like well, I wonder what's going on there. And I feel like that is my responsibility in some ways just to, you know, like make um a record of like, yeah, what is going on? Like what what am I up to? Okay. And just to inspire people. And that's why podcasts like this is so useful. Mm-hmm. Like you said, to to the kind of like follow our journey. Um, and just to share, like the yeah. knowledge, because sharing is the biggest, like that's the biggest thing that I have um, grown from is seeing other people's vulnerability and um, sharing their stories and being able to connect and um, and to relate to other people's journeys is mm-hmm. the biggest catalyst for your own change.
0: Yeah, and just imagine, like imagine fifteen-year-old Lucy, if you had had a roadmap like the one you just laid out on this whole episode Mm. imagine if you had had access to that you even if it didn't change everything immediately you'd at least know like oh okay people have gone through this type of stuff before it's not just me i'm not uniquely suffering and there's ways to move forward through this like i can do other things holy shit it's just a it's such a Sharing our story is the best thing we can do because it, when we share it as honestly as we know how, it, it gives people a lens into how similar we all are and how we all experience these dark moments, but how you can move through them. There's yeah. stuff on the other side.
1: Totally. And life is all about stories. It's, it's, we are just living our own little stories and we're the author, we're the main character, we're we're everything in in between and just Mm -hmm. knowing that we have power over our own story and we can rewrite it at any time it's a beautiful thing
0: if you take enough ayahuasca you're like oh shit i'm the book too (laughs) (laughs) i'm the paper oh damn i'm the tree that made the paper (laughs)
2: whoa i'm the internet yeah
0: holy crap Well, beautiful. I think that's an awesome note to end on. Um, If you can just tell people where they can find you, um, Instagram, or if there's other better places for them to talk and connect with your story. And as your app comes out for them to be able to see and connect with that, I'm excited about it. So I assume other people are too. Um, What are the best places to find you?
1: probably right now it's just Instagram. Um, it's kind of like a watch the space kind of scenario, but on Instagram, I am at Lucy Dawson underscore and it's L U C I E D A W S O N underscore. Beautiful. And Yeah. I kind of chronicle my adventures, which there are many of on there mostly. And yeah. And once I have my app underway, I'll be sharing everything on there.
0: Awesome perfect you know you're the first person to actually spell out your username
1: oh, Lucy, everyone spells it for why. so i have to like just be clear
0: on that every time i'm just like I'm like please spell it out people aren't gonna know <laughs> even if it's something simple like just just make it simple i always put it on the show notes as well well awesome thank you so much for being on we really appreciate Thanks. you doing this and i just want to take one thing i like to do at the end of the podcast is just take a second to honor you as the open, vibrant spirit that you've become, but also that you've gone through these struggles and these dark moments to craft yourself intentionally into who you are now. It really is something that's just beautiful to behold. It's like, holy shit, this is inspiring for me and I've done a lot of this work as well. So thank you for being you and for sharing so honestly and openly. It's really, really important. Um, I think it's one of the best ways to shift the world. So thank you
1: my heart just opened a little bit more (laughs) that's so beautiful thank you alex and thank you like i really i can't wait to see this journey that you're embarking on and with your plant medicines i really want to be involved at some point too and thank you for doing this it's amazing and thanks for having me on
0: So I hope you enjoyed that episode. It was super impactful for me just talking about some of the things that Lucy was talking about in the episode about the journey she's gone through with plant medicines and how she has sort of unpacked some of the traumas and some of the pieces of her that caused her to live so unconsciously prior to now. If you did enjoy this episode or if you got value out of this episode, please don't hesitate to leave a review. Uh, Reviews help the podcast grow more than just about anything else. And you can also share this episode out on Instagram, Facebook, wherever you like to share stuff out. Uh, Just tag me at Alexander Diesel on Instagram and I will make sure to share it back. So thank you for listening and we will see you next week.